Lunch with Pippa Hudson. And now, Consumer Talk featuring Wendy Nola. And as I mentioned, Wendy is not with us in studio because she is stuck on the N2 in that terrible, terrible traffic jam. And we've given her some time to get herself to a safe location where she can pull over and speak to us calmly and with a, a clear phone line, one hopes, uh, some from somewhere on the N2. Wendy, thanks for making a plan as they do. <laughs> oh, gosh, what a day. Yes, load sh- stage six load sheddings are all the robots are out, but I managed to get myself to a uh, petrol station in the Philippi area so the line sounds good the car is rapidly turning into a sauna but <laughs> let's do our best let's do our best and touch wood it all goes okay Wendy thank you very much for making a plan and uh, as I mentioned earlier Wendy's going to start with a recap and an update on a story we shared with you a couple of weeks ago uh, around a stolen laptop being sold on a major retail platform after that we will move on to a listener's question about some questionable discount strategies and then I hope we'll have time for some open line questions as well on 021 Four six zero five six seven. You can also send your question by voice note to zero seven two five six seven one five six seven. We'll start though with the story we've covered before, Wendy. It was just before both of us went away that we shared that really bizarre story of Axel Scholler of Somerset West, who had bought what he thought was a new laptop on on Take a Lot, um, only to receive a warning almost two years later that it was actually stolen goods and stolen from the government, no less. Won't you remind us of the details? Uh, indeed, one of certainly one of my most bizarre cases of the year. Yeah. So Axel bought the Hewlett Packard laptop on the Techlot platform in November of 2019. He paid about fourteen and a half thousand rand for it. This October, three years later, was that four years? Four years later, without any warning, while he was working on the laptop, a message appeared on the screen stating that the laptop had been stolen from the Department of Agriculture, no less. When he checked with the person whose name and number appeared in that notice, he discovered that that it wasn't a joke of some kind. It was indeed the case. And an IT specialist told him that the laptop could only be unlocked if permission was given to him by a specific person at that government department. Can you imagine the shock? Working away on a legitimately bought machine, bought from a major legitimate retail platform to have that happen to you, Wendy. I mean, not surprisingly, Axel and his wife, Stephanie, (laughs) were fairly agitated at that point. Indeed. I I, I would have been beyond agitated. Um, And um, the question that Stephanie, who took up the case with uh, Take A Lot on her husband's uh, behalf, asked was, what liability does Take A Lot carry in this regard, apart from the massive inconvenience and disruption, it's deeply disturbing to have been sold stolen property. And it does raise many questions about Take-A-Lot's betting process of its suppliers. Um, now, the computer was sold on Take-A-Lot's platform via a third party, an e-commerce provider based in Johannesburg, and clearly um, Take-A-Lot had a duty to vet its suppliers, as Stephanie says, before exposing its customers to them. Yeah. So Take-A-Lot initially responded by saying that the Schuller's complaint and for some reason um, I'm now having a, a problem with 
with your computer. Oh, Can you take over for a second? Let me take over for now and I'll bring Axel in himself directly. Um, uh, uh, maybe let's put Wendy back to Rafiq and uh, once you are re-established with your computer connection, you can let me know and I'll carry on in the meantime. So initially, Take A Lot told the Sholas that their complaint would be escalated to what they called their seller compliance team. And then later on, Stephanie was asked to please uh, return the laptop that they would receive a refund for it. Uh, and they also told her that in fact that particular seller's account had been suspended pending an investigation. So it all felt like it was moving in the right direction. But then things suddenly went downhill. Take a lot, reversed that decision and turned around and said, sorry, there's not going to be a refund. And in an email to, to Axels and Stephanie, they wrote, please be advised the return was declined due to tampering because the unit shows signs of having been opened. Now, if you were listening to the show three weeks ago, you'll remember the explanation for that. It had indeed been opened to install an upgraded memory, something which was approved by Hewlett-Packard and um, which was simply removed before they returned the computer and returned it in its original condition. And... um, uh, as Wendy said to us at the time, uh, she felt it was really out of line for Take A Lot to be quibbling over this when it was very clearly a case of them having sold stolen goods to the buyer. And um, things got worse from there, I'm afraid. Uh, so Stephanie, uh, as she commented in her email saying this is really disingenuous. Did this de- technician do a thorough investigation or simply look at the computer and reject it on the grounds of so-called tampering? This was an upgradable machine. Okay, so fast forward to the 3rd of November and uh, Wendy did receive a response from Take-A-Lot saying that they had been in touch with Stephanie again. They'd offered her a full refund and agreed that the refund would be for the laptop, that she would remove those upgrade components. And they said, we're in the process of facilitating the collection of the laptop and are deeply sorry for the inconvenience caused to her. Uh, They then went on to write the following. Despite our seller onboarding process, the contractual undertakings we have in place and all of our compliance protocols, this marketplace seller, Nanotech Digital, was found guilty of selling stolen goods and was suspended from trading on Take-A-Lot in August 2022 after a full investigation. Take-A-Lot remains committed to offering our customers the best and safest online shopping experience. The key thing here is the dates there. Suspended in August 2022, which was before the Sholas had lodged their complaint. So the minute they contacted Take-A-Lot saying, we've had this experience, Take-A-Lot already knew that this was a faulty supplier and one who'd been suspended from the platform. So as Wendy pointed out last time, there should have been absolutely no question of their right to a return and a refund on this machine. When we spoke about it last time, it was uh, about three weeks ago, Axel still hadn't actually received any money in his account as a refund. So let's find out now whether things have changed since then. Axel Schola is with me on the line. Uh, Axel, thanks for being willing to join us this afternoon. Welcome back. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Have you got your money back? Uh, no, not uh, yet. No. So it, it showed up on my uh, um, Take A Lot app. Um, uh, I think about 10 days ago, then it was removed again. No. Uh, and it was a repeat of, uh, of the tampering story and uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and now it appeared two days ago, and I've now uh, requested a refund into my account, seeing that yeah, I, I wasn't sure how long the money is going to stay on my Take-A-Lot account. So I've asked for um, a refund into my account, and that is apparently an in, 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 in process. So if I'm understanding correctly, what you were refunded initially was really a credit note on your Take-A-Lot account rather than cash yeah. in the bank? 
That's right. That's right. Okay, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm not surprised you would rather have cash in the bank. I'd feel exactly the same way after what you've been through. But I mean, Axel, how, how infuriating that you get the same story a second time over about the tampering issue when they've already been there, covered that, reversed it, and walked back yeah. again. I mean, it sounds like you're just going in circles with no internal communication happening between Takealot's own departments. Yes, no, that's exactly what it feels like. It's uh, it's uh, like being given the runaround. You know, I've received inconsistent answers ongoingly, you know, so and and that's a repeat. I think we're now in the third cycle where, you know, I've had to listen to the tampering claim, etc. And then the latest, which was really the cherry on top, is when the supplier that had apparently been suspended is coming back, uh, uh, giving me the comment that I might have installed stolen components into the laptop oh, no. you know, it's just it's just so it's just completely uh, out there you know so it, it should have been dealt with it's eight weeks later now so eight uh, weeks down the line you still don't have your money back where is the computer at this point axel well they've uh, uh, said they would send me a uh, you know a, a unit that they put together but i i said i i, I would not accept that and and I halted the return of whatever computer they were sending me. You know, it's it's also too late now. I've obviously had to make a different plan. I don't need a computer anymore. You had you know, to. I so mean, I was going to ask that because I know this was yeah. your work machine. You must surely have had to make a plan B in the interim. Yeah, you know, basically a few days later when I saw this was not going anywhere. You know, it's just the way it is these days. So. No, it's it's only a cash refund now, and it needs to be in my account, and then uh, it's kind of closed. Let me bring Wendy back in because she is back online. I mean, Wendy, you've read all of the emails. You've 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 delved into the nitty gritty of the backwards and forwards and he said and she says and this technician yes. said that. I mean, the bottom line is this. Take a lot knows that this is a, a dodgy supplier so much so that yeah. they've taken them off their own platform. One yes. the mind boggles that they're even entertaining any kind of, of alternative excuse whatsoever surely the the right thing to do is say we're really sorry that our platform was used to sell you a stolen machine and here is your money back yeah it's your money back it, it didn't happen and it didn't happen in spectacular fashion Pepper. as i say i think this is my case of the year in terms of bungling because when they they said okay via the media broadcast right you're going to get a refund then they give them a credit which isn't a refund yeah and then they take it away three days later and it goes back into the loop of um, oh no, you've, this, this machine has been tampered with. But even more so, with knobs on, they say um, the, the credit's been removed and in good faith the supplier has processed a replacement, a refurbished machine. The supplier who was found to be guilty no. of selling so you couldn't really make it up, really. I went back to um, take a lot via the external media liaison person. Um, they've decided they're not handling it in-house. Um, recently and it's just really one can wait for months for a response which for the company's largest online retailer is a little um, less than impressive appropriate to put it mildly so I haven't had a response at best I think the the higher ups who said oh sorry we will refund to me um, have not communicated that properly to the customer care people in inverted commas who are now keeping Axel in this loop. But um, when I do get a response from Takelot, and it might not be before the end of the year if recent experience is anything to go by, I will certainly um, share it for illumination. (laughs) But yes, I'm very glad to hear. um, I spoke to 
a couple of days ago and that refund thing hadn't happened. I'm very glad to hear that, um, in fact, so, well, supposedly he is going to get that refund at last. We'll come back to Wendy after the 2.30 news headlines. Axel, just to say, please keep in touch and let us know, obviously, if the money does finally come, finally come through into your bank account. We will, in fairness, reflect that on air. Personally, if I would take a lot, I would not just be giving you a refund. I'd be throwing in a printer and a ream of paper to go with it and maybe a tank of petrol to say sorry for what you've been through. But, hey, I'm not in charge. I'll take a lot. Thank you. Thank okay. you for joining us, Axel Schoeller. Yeah. And I really, really hope that the next time we speak, it will be to tell our listeners that the situation has finally been resolved. Cape Talk. Consumer Talk. Call now on 21 Right, we're back with Wendy Nola joining us by phone because the traffic didn't allow her to get to studio on time. Once again, if you are stuck on the N2, as Wendy was, just to let you know, it's due to an incident that happened after Mew Way and we are aware of major backlogs coming into the city. If you are planning a trip into the central city area or the waterfront, uh, please be aware of that fact that they are still being affected by that earlier accident. Wendy is in a secure spot where she can speak to us by phone instead and thanks again for making a plan. Wendy, let's leave the, the the stolen computer beside and move on to a very interesting listener story that really speaks to something you were telling us before Black Friday. You said, do your homework, monitor the pricing of items. If you're careful, you will pick up when the retailers put the price up before Black Friday so that they can announce a great discount on Black Friday and you end up buying it at the same price anyway. Our next case study isn't quite that, but it speaks to the same sort of issue around when is a discount really a discount uh, and more. Uh, let me just start by sharing the the email that came in from our listener, Kathy. Um a little while ago. She wrote to say the following, I have an issue with Woolworths and their latest promotion of 20% off kitchenware. I bought four dessert bowls recently and qualified for the promotion. The original price before the discount was 65 Rand per bowl. Now I happened to buy the same bowls earlier in the year and I was pretty sure I'd paid less the first time round. And she was right. When Kathy then removed the price label on the new bowls that she'd bought, she found the old label was still underneath at the old price of 55 Rand. And she wasn't happy about it. She wrote in saying, hang on a sec. In effect, instead of receiving a 20% discount on the original price, I received 20% off the inflated price. And her question to you, Wendy, was, is this legal in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, considering this must have been the old stock bought in at the old price? Wendy, obviously shops are allowed to put their prices up um things change petrol prices go up transport prices go up um so you can understand they have the right to do that but it's not exactly smart marketing to make it quite that obvious is it obvious yeah and usually it happens online and the interesting thing is i've taken this up with retailers over many years and and one of the, the the explanations they give is they don't wait for all the stock of something to run out before they you know order new stock in so then you'll have an overlap, and so then they will change, you know, put all the stock at the same higher price because the old and the new, because you know, it doesn't make good retail sense to have um, differing prices on the same things, cause a bit of havoc at um, in the store. Yeah, so uh, you know, but it's when they make it obvious that it, it, it causes a natural disconnect and a sort of, you know, feeling that they're being had in the consumer's mind when yeah. they can, either they see it happening in store during trading hours, or if the old sticker isn't removed and, and perhaps there's too much labor involved in that and they just plonk a new one over it and then 
you know, you'll get people pulling the top one off and, and thinking I've been had. So, so anyway, I, I took it up with Woolworths and the key question for me was, um, for how long, during what period were those bowls selling at 55 Rand? When did the price increase to effectively 66 Rand? And then when was the 20% offer introduced? And I have just very recently got a response, okay. Pippa. So to, our, to your point that we, we should check on the prices, you'd have to have quite a long memory in this case because okay. the bowls first went into stores in September of last year. So more than a year ago, and they were marked at 55 Rand. The price change took place in June of this year. Um, so it was um, increased to 66 Rand per bowl. And the promotion of 20% off was done in November. So they'd been at that higher price for... For quite what, some time before. Uh, June, uh, for four months, four or five months. Um, so... Um, you know, absolutely nothing wrong there. And also in terms of, of, of the law, um, the Consumer Protection Act, Section 23 to be exact, says if a price that was once displayed has been fully covered and obscured by a second displayed price, that second price must be regarded as the displayed price. If there are two prices that you can clearly see, the lower one is the legal price. But uh-huh. if it's completely covered, as in this case, um, then you know, so they did absolutely nothing wrong there. I would just say, from a from a perception point of view, it would be ideal if the old prices were removed because there is going to be that customer and more than one who will, out of interest, see that there's it was an earlier price tag and want to see what it was. And when you see it's sixteen rand cheaper, and now you've been sold something on a twenty percent discount, you kind of think, mm, what kind of manipulation was That's that? So it's just a little yeah. bit unfortunate the way it happened. Um, and this particular case, and um, thanks, Kathy, has, has actually raised a lot of issues around this sort of uh, how prices are increased. Why? Why do you do you mark up old stock? Yeah. You know, um, is it a is it a manipulated um, special offer, etc. So I hope that um, throws a bit of light on what happened in this case. Okay, thanks for uh, Kathy. Thanks for flagging it. And Wendy, I'm glad to hear for once it was a case that they are completely legally within their rights. But of course they. Um not everybody who who moved prices around Black Friday uh, no. was quite as transparent um, and and quick to answer. Did you, as a matter of interest, did you get reports of people saying, "I did my homework, I tracked the prices, and this retailer put up that price only to bring it back down to the original selling point yes. on a so-called special"? Did you have those? Yes, lots of them. Oh. Um, it's easy digitally, mainly from people who were the the clever, the sharp Black Friday shoppers who identified certain items that they really wanted and track the prices certainly from the second quarter of the year and took screenshots and that kind of thing and then were able to prove, okay, so it was at that price in May, then in um, uh, September, October went up and now we're back down to what it was in May with um, the so-called special offer. And, And social media was full of those screenshot examples which I loved because you know it's I love to see consumers um, sharing that kind of um, experience um, with hard evidence of what happened Um, another favorite thing is to say it's a it's a um, when I've investigated these in the past these cases they'll say it's a 40% discount and you go well um, you were selling this item in June at the same price well they base it on a the supplier price 
at any at, at any given time. The, sorry, the recommended price yep. by the by the supplier. Whether or not they chose to ever sell it at the recommended price is <laughs> another not. matter entirely. <laughs> or they'll say, well, yes, in um, January it was. Uh, whatever price, and mm. then this is a 40% discount on that, not taking into account how the, fl- the price has fluctuated during the year. So, again, um, for, for, for a good lesson for next year's Black Friday, there are really good uh, bargains to be had, but you don't know for sure unless you're really on top of those prices on on items that you really, really do want to buy at a special price yeah. at the end of November. Yeah. Okay, so again, it really pays to do your homework uh, uh, to be able to uh, shop more smartly. Now, Wendy, speaking of consumers being active and vocal and sharing and shaming on social media, the next topic you want to mention is a great one that speaks into the same space of of consumers refusing to be duped, if I can put it that way. You've got a new term you want to introduce us today called skimpflation. Yes, it's it's, um, been out there. I don't know how it it, it, um, skipped my attention, but... We know shrinkflation is when manufacturers of food and household products uh, manipulate the size of their packs. In other words, make them slightly smaller in the hope that we won't notice as a sneaky means of passing on a price increase to consumers. Sometimes the price goes up as well. And when tackled, they'll say, well, it would have gone up more if we hadn't um, made the pack slightly smaller. Well, thanks to an article or an, an, an interview that the New York Times published Saturday before last on a man called... Ed Dworsky, who lives in Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yep. Sorry, um, he is apparently possibly the world's go-to expert on shrinkflation and another form of sneaky downgrading of products, which he speaks about in that interview, which is skimpflation, and that refers to when manufacturers save costs by diminishing the content of usually the most expensive ingredient in in, in the product and replacing it with a cheaper one or, you know, de- de- yeah, decreasing the most expensive product's ratio and upping the, the more cheaper one. Okay, so and you were is- buying buying your prawn and avo salad, which used to have six prawns in it. Now they're only five prawns, exactly. but it's still the same size. Uh, it's same, same price. Same size and price, yeah. yes. Or okay. it's... Um, Sometimes they decrease the price, not telling you why, just say it's a special, but actually because of the downgrading of the, the key ingredient, you actually are paying more. Um, have you got time for me to explain my... I think we do, bit? yeah. Tell us a, of a couple of the of the examples you've you've come yeah. across over the years. Well, this was my... I'm sorry, it's all this again, but um, it was back in 2019... Uh, sorry, not further. 2009, I don't know what's that, 13 years. Yeah. Um, um, Kathy Robinson of Cape Town alerted me to the reason why Woolworths Rose Chicken Pies at that time acquired a new sticker on the front, which was new lower price, now 42 Rand 96, save 6 Rand. Um, you can see what inflation, real inflation has yeah, done sure. since then. Um, so she peeled another sticker, again, the theme of, of peeling show. stickers off, yeah. off the back of the pack. And she found that the chicken content had been reduced, listen to this, from 38% to 18%. And the gravy content had gone from 23% to 40%. In other words, less meat, more mush or mush. Um, And as Kathy said, at the time, that's a substantial price increase for the amount of chicken the consumer is getting. They did state on the box that it was a new recipe without gelatine. But anyone reading that would take it to mean that the gelatine content was all that had changed. I've stopped buying the pies as I was feeling quite cheated. And I think that's the point about shrinkflation and skimpflation is that when consumers do 
figure it out. Um, they, there is a complete disconnect, a, a complete break in trust of the brand. They might continue to buy it, they may not, but the point is, you really, you know, what is currency for brands is engendering that warm, fuzzy feeling and loyalty within your customers. And you completely mess with that when you do yeah. this sort of thing. So I did seek um, a comment from Wilbur's Divisional Director of Food at the time, and he said that the pies had changed after listening to feedback from customers. We're seeking, because customers were seeking better value in tough economic times, he said, Um so, oh, I'm sorry. I can promise you that no customer ever said we want less chicken in our chicken pie, Wendy. Wow. Uh, That's no, quite breathtaking. Well, I said, why is it so expensive? You yeah. know, that I can yeah. understand. But um, please put less chicken in and then and, and more gravy and then reduce the price by more than you're saving. Said <laughs> nobody ever. Yeah. Uh, said ever. Yeah. Exactly. So um, that I, I, you can imagine how I love that New York Times feature on Ed Dworsky and there were hundreds of listen, uh, sorry, reader complaints and who expressed the kind of things that I've been saying about these tactics um, and in terms of what it costs manufacturers and goodwill. So uh, Richard of Texas said, it's a trust issue as much as an economic one. The Russians have a term, and I'm going to mess this up, I'm sure, Zdama, which means lying to your face about something you know is a lie. It is a form of abuse. A discount is a sign of connection and a fiction of sort. This is the opposite, a betrayal. And Bob of Cherry Valley said, it's not rising prices that's the complaint, it's corporate dishonesty. Yeah. Yes, consumers get mad at having to pay more, but they get really mad when they find out someone is trying to deceive them. That is a violation of trust and an expression of contempt. Mm. So, I mean, um, Wendy, it's 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 as you said, it's it, it all comes down to the way you feel about your brand and your your willingness to trust a brand. But the other thing to think about is the, sort of the knock-on impact. Whether we're talking the the skimpflation, which takes down the expensive ingredient, or the shrinkflation, which takes down the amount of product in the packaging, there's a knock-on impact because if one supplier drops their price, the others all follow suit. Immediate, um, if not immediately, then in the short future, usually. Exactly, because they know that most customers, when shopping on price, and that would be pretty much all of us, mm. um, they look at the selling price on the on the shelf and not at the unit price, or they don't work it out. So pick and pay and um, shop right checkers help us with that. And in the bottom left-hand corner of those shelf um, tags, they will say the price per 100 grams yeah. in the case of the shop right group and the, per kilogram in the case of the, of the pick and gray, pay um, so that helps us to look at the real price. But most shoppers don't look at that. They're just looking at price. And when the packs don't look different in size, there's a very real chance that the cheapest is going to be snatched by most consumers, um, not realizing that they're paying less but also getting less. So yeah. it, they all they don't want to look artificially more expensive. And so they dropped the price. And a great example of that was in 2019, um, the bacon brand Enterprise went big on alerting consumers on its pack and in adverts that some of its competitors had reduced their pack sizes to 200 grams, while it had retained its pack size at 250 grams, which is quite a significant difference. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, sometime after that, the Enterprise pack also shrank to 200 grams. Oh. And you can understand why, for the reasons I've just said. So it's not going to stop any time, but I do think... Um, I, I'm with Ed Dworsky on this. Let's draw attention to it. Let's um, get, encourage consumers to, to notice. Tell us about the examples you see. Let's talk about them. Let's um, 
in market as a consumer journalist get the ask the retailers or the manufacturers not the retailers ask the manufacturers to justify why they've done it and let's get this out in the open if we're going to live with it at least let us be making um, knowledgeable decisions about what we're buying. And Wendy, you really made the case for taking the extra seconds to check that price per 100 grams if the, the retailer is uh, good enough to disclose it to you. Not all of them do, I know, but if it's there, it's really, really worth looking at on every product you buy. I have lost track of the number of times because I do check them religiously, Wendy, and so yeah. many times I have looked at that price per 100 grams and found that, for example, a refill pack is more expensive yes. than the yes. original um item and you know you if you're not paying attention you go into the shop you think well of course it's going to be cheaper to buy the refill that i'll fit into the old kitchen cleaner dispenser so often it's not the case and it it really shows when you check on those those price per hundred gram comparisons and and bulk buyers we assume we're conditioned to believe that you buying in bulk will be cheaper per unit and so you might buy that enormous box of cereal that doesn't actually fit in your cupboard or the large brick of a tub of margarine and whatever it is, um, mealy meal even. I found lots of examples where if you check the unit price, it's actually cheaper for you to buy the smaller packs that are easier to store, that that seal easier and all the rest, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if you haven't already, that would be a really good New Year's resolution to make, and that is to, to get into the habit of uh, checking out that, those unit prices. Unfortunately, at Spa... And and Woolworths, they don't um, they don't reveal them. But yeah. um, for some people who are good at maths or have a cell phone calculator handy, it is really worth doing the maths on that one. Well, I'm so pleased this message just came in from Sally on the email because she's flagged one of the the most irksome of examples of reducing the quality, uh, the, the amount of the key ingredient. That was the Toblerone chocolate bar. Oh. <laughs> when Sally saying, I this a key example of this was with the Toblerone brand who redesigned the bar so that the chocolate peaks were further apart. So you paid the same price for the product and then you opened it up and there was actually just less chocolate inside the box. Yes. So that's shrinkflation, not skimflation. They didn't change the recipe as right. far as we know, order to prove. But yeah, that's one of the... the um, the poster children for shrinkflation. <laughs> it happened in 2016. Was it that and long ago? instead okay. of redesigning the entire bar, they just, uh, instead, of, um, instead of making the whole bar in its same shape that we all know um, smaller, they decided to make the peaks further apart. So um, as someone said to me at the time, um, the bar resembles a bike rack. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. So, oh dear. And, and then it trended on Twitter. I remember people, you know, everybody who opened the bar first time just went, what the, it has gone on here? Because it was so obvious. The other one, my other all-time favorite um, case, notorious case, was Protex, Paul Colgate, Tom Olive. Oh, yes. They just they, dug a hole in the bottom of it. They, they did a scoop on one size. It was 2012, 10 years ago, Papa. They took it from 200 grams to 175 grams by just making this very inelegant, uh, dent in the one side and um, so you obviously saw it you couldn't miss it once you opened uh, took the wrapping off I mean how is how is that for you know making consumers furious as they open the product they've just yeah. bought they stopped doing that they redesigned the whole bar uh, in the 175 gram but so it would look like a normal bar and now I see the regular one is down to 150 grams so oh, oh it yes mini 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 me well, I think that let this be our theme for 2023, um, please, that we invite the yes. Cape Talk audience to be vigilant for examples of both shrinkflation 
and skimpflation. So if you find that A, packaging has been reduced in size without a price change, or B, a key quality ingredient has either been reduced or replaced with something cheaper with no indication on the packaging, let us know what you're noticing. Let us know which brands they are. Let us challenge them to come on air and explain themselves for those decisions. It's all about... um, accountability and reliability and a sense of trust from your buyer. Wendy, we are all feeling the pinch. Every cent that is spent is a cent that is counted. So let's really hold uh, hold the, 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 the brands accountable in this way next year. Absolutely. Totally on board with that, Pippa. Okay, there's our, there's our challenge for 2023. And Wendy, Nola, goodbye to you. And may the trip home be easier than the trip halfway to the <laughs> studio <you>. was. <laughs> it wasn't even halfway, but <laughs> yes, thank you. I'm sure I'm going in the opposite direction now, so it should be good. Thanks a lot. Good. We'll safely home and see you in studio hopefully next week, Wednesday. Wendy Nola, our consumer champion, always available on the email address consumer at nola.co.za, spelled K-N-O-W-L-E-R.